Welcome to the It's a Hustle podcast. I'm your host, Joe Garrix, coming from New York Comedy Club with Abby Crutchfield. Abby, thank you so much for What's being up, here. What's up, everybody? Everybody. Thanks, Joe. They're all listening. <laughs> all of the listeners. The whole world. I'm talking to all your listeners tonight, Joe. Good. Not just a few of them. <laughs> I usually only talk to one or two. <laughs> There's one or two specifically. I name them personally, and then everyone else can go fuck themselves. <laughs> I just, I don't care. If yes. I don't know you personally and you're listening to this, this isn't for you. Step off the rest of you. <laughs> so Thanks Abby, for having me. Yeah, no, it's great to have you. Um, I'm excited to have you because you uh, are a fellow Hoya. Yeah. Yeah, and I feel that there are a lot of us Hoyas in the comedy scene. There are. There's a handful of people that graduated from Georgetown University. Wait, do you need them to have graduated or just have set foot on campus? I mean, they should have gone to school there. I don't (laughs) think walking across (laughs) campus qualifies. Okay. I'd say it's more than a handful, though. I feel like uh, I would put Georgetown up against any other school in terms of comedy talent that's coming out of they there. just keep cranking them out they're I, like the canada of universities <laughs> must be that popular comedy school they have there <laughs> <laughs> there was actually you know g pig i don't know if it still exists there but the georgetown players improv group yes. was founded by mike berbiglia i think was one of the founding members so yeah yeah they, i they remember do have a bit actually, of a comedy school on the yeah, grounds i remember going to see uh that crew, because Birbiglia was a year uh, before me, I used to hire Birbiglia to like host like different events and stuff, and nice. now he's just way out of my price range. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'd, I'd go see the improv troupe, and it was insane. It was like Birbiglia, Mulaney, and Kroll. Kroll be and there, yeah. I remember being like, oh, wow, improv's really good. And then like later, it's the other improv, and I'm like, oh, no, not. not, not. <laughs> I was spoiled. <laughs> yeah, you just had this massive talent. So you, you were a member of G-Pig at your time? No, then? I auditioned. I auditioned for them, and then um, didn't get in. And so I started my own group, but I thought a competing improv group would be inappropriate. <laughs> so I started a stand-up group. Oh, really? <laughs> called the Stand-Up Association. And the acronym was SUPA. Because I thought, that's really catchy. We're SUPA. Um, and then we, as a group, met several times and then finally performed once on campus. Oh, yeah? <laughs> Where did you guys perform? Um, we performed on uh, maybe in front of White Gravener, the steps of that. So it's like... You the performed stand-up outdoors? Outdoors during that's some a, big that's, event. That's a real good plan. During the final weeks of school. How did that go? Because it had to be done because it was like we would just sit there for week after week in the meetings and I'd bake cookies and we'd <laughs> sit around and talk about what we thought we should talk about. <laughs> and then inevitably I would say, you guys, when are we going to perform? and be like yeah i gotta do that sometime <laughs> so, so you're finally, just about it and talk about jokes and not I ever forget perform. i just remember we just never set a date so finally maybe we would spitball jokes but finally i was like we have to do it this is like the final week of school we're gonna perform and three other kids performed with me because the rest of the group of 20 or 15 was just like nah i'm good i, I can't <laughs> I got test so it was more just like we're fans of stand-up for the most part i think it was just really really scary to perform stand-up it for some scary, people yeah, yeah. so and, well yeah. in performing on white gravener steps like uh, for those of you who've not uh graduated or walked across georgetown uh it's a big it's almost like a stage with like steps going up to it but mm-hmm. it's, it's just a huge yard yeah out there it's not what and i would consider an ideal comedy situation no but who knew i had no idea <laughs> i just thought look at this huge crowd but also there was no pressure for it to be like if it was in an auditorium you would have like cheering or booing echoing in the hall in the walls mm-hmm. but this was just open air so if people yeah. weren't paying attention i couldn't really tell you know like yeah. there's a lot of chitter and chatter but 
I saw some people in the front, like sitting down, looking and smiling. So that was encouraging. Oh, that's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So from uh, from your team there, from the Stand Up Association, mm-hmm. uh, are there any friends of yours that are still doing stand up from that? Or are you? Well, uh, Lance Weiss was on oh, that, Lance, in that club. Yeah. Did he perform with you that day? I don't think he did. I did he wuss out? You'd have to ask him. It's been so long. Yeah, that seems very like unlike Lance. I to think he just not left get on stage <laughs> with an opportunity to. He, he may have left school at that point. I forget wh- oh, how long re- okay. he stayed, but um. But yeah, I'm still friends with him to this day. And he actually later when we met and hung out in New York reminded me that he met me already at school. Oh, yeah. That (laughs) career fair presentation I gave of like, join my comedy club. So. um, So, yeah, that's kind of nice. And was that your first time performing? Uh, Yeah. Oh, you know, I just remember there was another guy um, named Greg who I stayed friends with a few years after college and he was super, super funny, but he didn't go into comedy. And I think for the first few years I was like, dude, you gotta, you're a natural born (laughs) comedian. You gotta do it. Anyway, he didn't. Well, it's a lot of fucking work. Yeah. So did you know at that time when you went on for the first time, were you like, oh, this is what I have to do? Well, I just didn't know how much work it would be, but I did know that it was fun. So that part I like. I like that I kept that in mind, you know, even today. It's not not fun. Yeah. But there's a lot to it that is emotionally taxing and physically taxing, especially if you're trying to do the grind in New York City that I just was not prepared for. Like, for example, working as a temp during the day, a nine to five, and then having to hit the open mic scene. When you're first starting out, that's what you're doing. And then just like trying to hit up a couple mics. Did you ever, do you remember trying to hit up a couple mics a night? Oh my gosh. Oh God, I always found one to be depressing enough. One was hard enough because you never knew when, yeah, you never knew when you get to leave. So it would be like big commute, time, maybe money, hopefully not. And then draining your energy, and then you do your thing, and you're all nervous. And then you go travel some more to another one, and um, you know your bitterness and resentment sink, sink in. <laughs> I just remember riding home on the train, super late, whatever that would be, eleven midnight, super, oh, super late. late, just su- super, super, super late. It just felt I was tired. You know, I'd already worked a long day, yeah. and I would pass the subway stop that was where I need to get off in the morning. Like I'd be like, <laughs> I have to be right here in seven hours <laughs> oh that's the worst that's the worst i just hate that feeling and being so exhausted on the train and like don't have dinner you know yeah. you miss dinner time and you're not going to eat it out because you you're just not home i hated that part yeah. so when so when did uh things go from that to like when did it become a <laughs> career for you well that was when it was a career honestly like like i was so determined after i graduated college of just like not letting my family down that i treated it like grad school or something yeah. and i was like oh no this is part of the profession mom you have to cut your teeth this way and and i wasn't putting money into it really like i wasn't paying for comedy classes or paying to be on bringer shows or something but you're paying for a drink at the mic or whatever yeah and i really hated doing those kind of mics too so but yeah there was that where you had to like buy stuff so um i think once it wasn't that anymore and i was like doing shows that were booked that were free or shows that would pay me in a drink it started to feel a little more legitimizing and but actual, and I got paid early on randomly. Like, yeah, you know, like oh, you say you're a comedian? Like people who would book shows for the very first time and be like, you're a comedian? Great. Come do our show. <laughs> Is $800 okay? I'd be like, holy crap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just, just, actually, that's exactly what I charge. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, um, so yeah, it was, it was, I took it seriously pretty much the second I started it, yeah. even though it didn't feel legitimate. But I was also, like I said, getting paid it. Every now and then. Yeah, that's nice. When did it when did it feel legitimate for when you? When I could leave my day job, probably. Yeah. And even then, um, I was like working as an administrative assistant 
and I was getting too much responsibility at work and also auditioning during my lunch hour and doing stand up at night that I was like, I got to let one of these things go. And yeah. I didn't move to New York to become a secretary. I could do that in Indiana and have a four bedroom house. <laughs> so I, so yeah, I but stepped be away a house in Indiana. <laughs> <laughs> so I stepped away and then three years later, I had to go back to corporate world again. Oh, yeah. But the bright side was I um, went into I worked at College Humor. So even though it was a desk job, I was their social media manager. But comedy. By that point, yeah, yeah, I had picked up steam with social media, which helped me get the job. I was more involved in the comedy community. So it felt like it was part of the whole stand yeah. thing. Yeah. And that's what's kind of cool about it. Um, and, and part of what, you know the reason that I want to do the podcast is I feel like everyone's got like this different path. There's this different ways of, you know, making a living in comedy. Like I'm not making a living in comedy, but you know, I make money from comedy. That's one way to make a living is to just not make a living. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm not doing it. I'm I'm basically trying to find out. I'm like, Oh, how do you do it? And then I'm going to steal your ideas. Is that even possible? Yeah. Yeah, Your whole podcast is to prove that it's not possible. (laughs) And we're all living a lie. No, you're, you're doing it. You're doing it. And it's, uh, it's great to see. I mean, and now, you know, things are awesome. You've got Laugh Exchange, right? I host a comedy app called Laugh Exchange. It's a really funny, fun platform for comedians to showcase their stuff. And it's also like easy money for pe- viewers at home. It's essentially you rank the comics in an order out of like the eight people who submit. And then um, if three of your rankings, like the guy you pick to do first, second, third or whatever, win, I mean, match up to the overall ranking, then they give you some money. So there's a big voters pot. Yeah, of, that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, like a thousand bucks and then playing, you get a piece of that great exposure for the comics too yeah but i want to go backwards for a second go back. something you said oh there'd be times in my whole entertainment career where i haven't been working a day job but i make more money let's say shooting a commercial that year than i would doing stand-up yeah so it doesn't i don't i truly for years have not understood how you become a career comedian where that's the only thing you do i guess road dog would be the term yeah and if you're not jerry seinfeld who just you know uniquely wants to play anyway. yeah. yeah like theaters you know yeah. like if you're doing theaters and that's like your whole brand i get that but um but i see you know it's a hustle i think it just yeah. depending on the person it stays a hustle and if you really like my husband luke there he does not audition for stuff and is not on camera he does stand up and he does a ton of road and that's how he makes his living yeah yeah so it's different than what I do. I show up in New York City. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, like there are there's just a variety of shows that you can do in New York where if you've got TV credits, it opens doors and you can get yeah. paid opportunities in the city. Um, I'll do road gigs with him. I went on tour for five years, just year after year with a group of women. And we that was a self-funded way to do road. But it wasn't. We're picking out country clubs from a third party booker who may or may not be racist. You know, like it wasn't yeah. the kind of hard, gritty stuff that Luke's had to do. Yeah, he's out there in all sorts of rooms, I'm sure. Yeah, and he even spent um, a season doing his own coffee shop tour. He was like, you know, he was inspired by the group of the, the group I was with, which was called Pink Collar Comedy, and then we switched our name to Cake. And it was just four women. It was super fun. He liked that. It was self-funded. You know, like we kind of raised money to get ourselves going, and then we would sell merch and all that crap. So he did that, but it was kind of a learning experience for him to just tour coffee shops. He learned like which states are amenable to that yeah. and which, you know, coffee shops, why they're not the best venue sometimes. <laughs> sometimes they are, sometimes they really are not for it. Yeah. 
And so I was going to have him on the podcast, but now I don't need to. No, you don't uh, need to. You, <laughs> you're like, so yeah, so don't have him on for sure. Uh, I can I can fill you in. <laughs> I don't need him, dirt, you know, dishing the dirt on me. So what I'm saying, I guess this is just for your listeners. I know I'm talking a lot, but let me just. That's why you're here. I'll just conclude this. If, if I were talking monologue. too much, this would not be a good podcast. <laughs> just to say that even though he's made a living, I think for him, the most lucrative outlet has been ingratiate yourself in clubs get to know everybody be the guy that's always available that seemed to work for him and then on the road it's like um take any gig that you can that's that's within driving distance like he's got this whole math thing worked out about if it's too far it isn't worth the money or whatever but whatever he's got a system that works for him and then you really don't need him on i'm just telling you his whole (laughs) it's just the all that to say it's just so different from the way i've done yeah. My stand-up career. Yeah. But we still have road experience. We still played almost all 50 states. You know, like That's awesome. So, well, let me ask. So, you know, you guys are kind of on, uh, you know, different paths, mm-hmm. but, you know, within, uh, you know, the same industry. Mm-hmm. Do you guys have any plans down the road to try to, like, work together again? Do you want to, like, go on the road with him or do you have other bigger ideas? Yeah, we have a daughter now. And oh, really? And so we travel. <laughs> Gosh, I wonder what her name is. Nope. I won't ask. But she I, doesn't but have I just one. Wonder. Nameless child. It's a symbol and it's really hard to draw, so I'm not going <laughs> to. But um, so she, we like to take her with us. Like, honestly, that that's the easiest and most fun way if if there's a green room that will tolerate, you know, yeah. an infant, that was this past year of taking her on the road has been fun. Like so he that's and your I will career book goals together to, to take your daughter to, on the road. Well, my career goals is to <laughs> not have to pay for childcare <laughs> 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 or when I can afford childcare to leave her at home. Yeah. But, um, but like to work with him would be really, really good. Like honestly, like now that we're both comfortable in our own brand, if you will, yeah. I think early on, literally when we would go to Mike's, I would, like drop his hand. We'd be holding hands with oh, him yeah. and I'd be like, don't tell anyone you're my boyfriend because I don't want to be known as his girlfriend or him to be known as my boyfriend. I wanted us to be established yeah. in our own right. Yeah, and you've both done that. Yeah. Now I've learned it's just important to say each other's name when we're on podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> and to, we and need to, all of the attention we can get. the spouse's story entirely. <laughs> <laughs> it's a gimmick. Run with it. Well, Abby, I want to thank you for being here. Uh, it's such a pleasure. It's great to see you crushing it on Laugh Exchange. Uh, yeah, definitely wh- download the app. It's fun. It's easy money. Do you have it for Android now? Have it for Android? It, no, 2019 is our goal to come um, out with it. So look for it I, then. I will be. I've been waiting. Sweet. I want to get on it. I think I'm funny. I think you thank should you. help me win some money there. Oh, well, you can definitely put your comedy on without That's... having the Android. You just go oh, to really? laughexchange.app. Oh, shit. Yeah. But then I can't vote for myself. <laughs> I really only want to do it just for the joy of voting for yeah, myself. Yeah, you just sit, you hover over people with iPhones and be like, vote for that guy. All right, well, I will check it out. Uh, the listeners will check it out. Is there anywhere else that people can find you? Absolutely. Follow me on Twitter at Curly Comedy. I just give away jokes there. They're free. You can just take them and not even have to credit you? That's right. Holy um, shit. That's not actually what I meant. Wow. <laughs> I should I should work on that pitch. Uh, curlycomedy.com has my performance dates. And yeah, just come see me live if you're in New York. And I'll try to come to a state near you when I can. And hopefully like try to get on TV with my comedy so that yeah. I can just meet you in your living room. That would be home. so much easier. That's my goal. These people are lazy. They're listening to podcasts. They're not going out. <laughs> well, guys, get off your fucking asses. Go see Abby live. Follow her. Check out Laugh Exchange. Yeah. Abby, it's always a pleasure. Thank you so much. Thanks, Joe. Peace.
Thanks for listening to the It's a Hustle podcast, and thanks to our sponsors, Light Switch Advisors, your one stop for on demand digital marketing services from boosting your Instagram followers to building a new website. Light Switch Advisors has you covered. They do our website, let them do yours. Visit lightswitchadvisors.com slash hustle. And of course, our footwear sponsor, Bam.